Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Anthony Down Air Podcast back for another episode. Ghislaine Maxwell, Day 7 trial recap coming off of the huge Day 6 recap where we had the disturbing FBI testimony that hard drives from hard drives from Jeffrey Epstein's home, which were confiscated during a raid back in 2019, had gone missing. Then they were recovered. There was other hard drives found, which already had FBI evidence tapes on them. It's an explosive recap, which we did yesterday. We'll have links for it. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, if you're listening via the podcast or watching on Facebook, just go back to the previous day's uh, release and you'll find it there. It was crazy. And to follow up on that, we actually have the photograph of the uh, hard drives. We will share that with you on this recap. We're also going to talk about Carolyn's testimony another victim uh, who is testifying anonymously. We're going to discuss uh, Ghislaine's lawyer revealing victim's identity. We're going to discuss one of the witnesses being disqualified. Technically, not really, but a witness wasn't allowed to testify today, and we'll share with you why. Uh, And, of course, we'll share with you the missing hard drives. Our recaps, the entire Anthony on Air podcast is brought to you by our good pals over at Jumpstart Coffee Company. You can save 15% off with a link in the description below and the promo code AOA15 order there. More on those guys in a second. Of course, you know, if you've been following us, Jumpstart Coffee Company, uh, 50% of their proceeds, 50% of their profits goes to the Navy SEAL Foundation. So that is a truly extraordinary cause, helping those who help keep us free. A uh, third of four accusers took the stand on uh, Tuesday morning. This was uh, later on Tuesday morning at the beginning of the uh, trial today, uh, testifying only using her first name, Carolyn. Uh, she is uh, identified in the indictment as minor victim four, the subject of the sex trafficking count Miss Maxwell faces. She spoke in a soft, halting voice. Throughout the course of the day, the judge, uh, Judge Allison Nathan, had to ask her several times to speak up throughout the course of her testimony. Uh, what's interesting about this is she is testifying using her real name, but only her first name, unlike Kate and Jane, uh, who were going under assumed names. Uh, she testified, uh, Carolyn, that is, that she met Epstein through a female friend when she was just 14 years old. That friend, the famous slash infamous Virginia Jeffrey Roberts, uh, who we know now is not testifying in this case. A lot of people saying or speculating that uh, because there was a lot of holes in Virginia's story, she wasn't being asked to testify uh, because there was a civil case between Virginia and Ghislaine, that that perhaps had something to do with it. Uh, But either way, uh, one of the more famous... Uh, victims of Epstein, uh, who is entering into her own case with Prince Andrew as we speak, a civil case, uh, was the person that introduced Carolyn to Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, She asked uh, Virginia Roberts, asked her if she wanted to make friends, uh, make uh, money, excuse me, 
by giving massages to her friend who had lived on Palm Beach Island. The two girls arrived at Epstein's house when Caroline met him for the first time. Miss Ma Maxwell met them at the door and told them to go upstairs to Mr. Epstein's bathroom. The first time Miss Roberts got fully undressed and Caroline asked to keep uh, her bra on and her underwear as well. Epstein entered the massage room and laid down. 45 minutes later, Epstein turned over. And, of course, uh, Miss Roberts, uh, you know, uh, had an encounter with him. Um, Carolyn told the jury uh, while her voice was cracking and she was visibly shaken, uh, she, during that act, was watching from a nearby couch. Afterwards, Carolyn said they were both paid in $100 bills, left the bathroom that were left at the bathroom sink. Uh, Miss Maxwell took her number down. Um, Caroline testified that she gave Mr. Epstein hundreds of massages over the next four years. Miss Maxwell said she, she would call to set up appointments, uh, which her then boyfriend would urge her to take. Each time she went over to the house, Mr. Epstein would first lie on his stomach, while Carolyn gave him a massage, they spoke about her troubled upbringing. At the end, he would roll over uh, and sometimes touch her, sometimes with a toy. Sometimes he would handle himself. Uh, Carolyn said something sexual happened every single time. She was paid consistently three to $400 in $100 bills after every single encounter. Sometimes handed directly to her by Miss Maxwell, she said she used... Um, she would admit in court that she would use the money to purchase drugs. She said she brought teenage friends over a few times to take part in the massages and was paid extra. Once, Mr. Epstein pushed a button in the room and a young woman with an accent came into the room who was naked and the three of them had an encounter. Carolyn testified that Miss Maxwell saw her naked in the massage room three times including once when she touched her breasts and complimented her body. Carolyn said she sometimes talked to Miss Maxwell, Maxwell about her upbringing, including details how she was abused by her grandfather starting when she was just four years old. Uh, Epstein, too, would dig into her home life. Maxwell and Epstein knew she was only 14 years old, she said, because at one point they asked her if she would go to... Uh, Jeffrey Epstein's island down in the Caribbean. She said she didn't have a passport and her mother would not allow her to go. Uh, she also testified that Maxwell and Epstein gave her gifts, Victoria's Secret lingerie, concert tickets, and uh, a massage book. Uh, Carolyn said that she would always call Ghislaine Maxwell Maxwell rather than Ghislaine because she could not pronounce her first name. Maureen Comey, who was doing the examination in court, asked why she did that. She said, I couldn't pronounce her name exactly. Uh, I couldn't do it correctly. She told Ms. Comey that she regularly takes methadone and other medications to manage her addiction and schizophrenia symptoms. Several years into the abuse, Carolyn got pregnant by her then-boyfriend, had a child, she told the jury. Afterwards, she went back to Epstein's house a few times because she needed the money. He asked me if I had any younger friends. She testified, and that's when she realized she was too old. At that moment, she was 18 years old. 
Uh, so, of course, uh, disturbing encounters, uh, nothing surprising there uh, from uh, this uh, alleged victim, as we are required to say. Um, but 14 to 18, this poor young woman had a, surely a tough life, uh, starting within her own family when she was just four. Absolutely tragic. Um, but again, as we've uh, spoken about, and, you know, it's it's funny, as we've been doing, you know, we've been talking about this case for well over a year on the podcast, um, and uh, we're covering every single day here. So, of course, if you're interested in finding out about what's happening in the Glenn Maxwell trial, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, whether you're on uh, YouTube or Facebook, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening from, make sure you're subscribed because we're going to have everything for you every day of the trial. Uh, but what I've been talking about, there's a pattern. There's a pattern to predatorial behavior. There is a, uh, you know, a systematic breaking down of a person and it's almost like a sixth sense, you know, sort of the way a, a, a cop or a detective is, is, is good at, you know, being a detective you know, uh, the way that a carpenter is uh, talented and skilled in making furniture. Um, these people, predators, know how to sniff out and find those who are, you know, susceptible to this sort of predatorial behavior. And uh, anybody who will tell you who is a victim, you're a victim once and it's easy to become a victim once again. And that's clearly what they did here in the case of this young lady, uh, Carolyn. Uh, now, what I do find disturbing on top of her uh, entire um, testimony here is that on top of the fact that she had to be in court in front of people recounting all these awful encounters, uh, the lawyer for Ghislaine Maxwell went and outed her by saying her first and last name in court. This is Jeffrey uh, Plagukia, P-A-G-L-I-U-C-A, Plagu Pagliuca. I don't, I, I don't even give a shit that I mispronounce. Usually I apologize for mispronouncing names, but fuck this guy. Um, anyway, uh, he uh, came out and said Carolyn's full name during the cross-examination, which could be a slip up if it wasn't for the fact that twice or at least once, I believe twice last week when he was cross-examining, I think it was Jane. He accidentally gave her name out after all parties, both lawyers, all the lawyers on either side, court reporters who were writing about the case, um, the court, uh, the sketch artists who were sketching out the, the, the case and what's happening. Um, everybody was warned not to don't draw her features specifically. If you look at any of the, the court sketches from that day, it's a blank face. Uh, don't write, don't describe her features. Don't write her name, so on and so forth. This half an asshole uh, for the second time in consecutive weeks uh, full on gave out the uh, the person's uh, the the victim's first and last name. So I don't know what's going on there. I did pick up a Rolling Stone article earlier today where uh, attorney Adam Horowitz, that name might sound familiar to some. He represented eight of Epstein's victims in a Florida civil suit around 2009. He called this behavior by Plaguka uh, disturbing. 
Uh, he said it's disturbing because uh, there's a pattern. He said, and I quote, there's a pattern now that something is being done purposefully, which is disturbing because there's a court order that he's not allowed to use the name. Um, I, I'm, I, I, I know Judge Alice and Nathan, there was a warning there. Um, I mean, if it happens a third time, I don't know what sort of, you know, course of action she can take, but she needs to do something because you can't just, you know, continually sit there and just disobey the, the rules of the court, you know, so frequently. Um, so I thought that was uh, pretty disgusting and pretty awful by him. Um, but of course, his strategy was to... Um, you know, discredit Caroline's testimony, um, which they were, I mean, they painted a picture of Caroline and obviously she had a tough life. And uh, I want to fill you in on that. But first, let's do our live read for our proud sponsors. We wouldn't, able, wouldn't be able to do a show that we do here on the podcast. Of course, our Gling recaps, our regular podcasts with Frankie C and Jay Sabs. If it wasn't for our good pals over at Jumpstart Coffee Company, uh, as you can see here, I'm holding up the bag. That's the uh, Dark Roast Blend. It is a wonderful, high-quality, resealable bag. As you can see, I got this one open there, and you can reseal it uh, so you can keep your coffee nice and fresh when you get it. Um, Jumpstart Coffee Company takes 50% of their profits, and they donate them to the Navy SEAL Foundation. And the Navy SEAL Foundation supports our Navy SEALs when they come back from serving our country, from providing us with the freedoms that we so enjoy so if you uh, love your country, if you appreciate the Navy SEALs and the rest of the armed forces, grab a uh, bag or two at Jumpstart Coffee Company because you'll be helping out the Navy SEAL Foundation. Of course, you'll obviously be supporting this podcast because we do get a piece and you're going to be helping a company that is uh, just extraordinary, making phenomenal, phenomenal coffee. I mean, they're not just a charity case here. This coffee is no joke, the best coffee I have ever had. I've been obsessively drinking coffee in New York City, uh, culinary capital of the world for all my life. And um, this no BS is the, I'm 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 so happy that they sponsor the podcast because this is the best coffee that I have ever had. Uh, no doubt about it. Order yours right now. Link in the description below. Uh, click that or the um, banner on the homepage of AnthonyOnAir.com. Use the promo code AOA15 to save 15%. You save 15%, 50% of the profits go over to the Navy SEAL Foundation. Of course, a little helps us out here put on this podcast each and every single day as we continue to track the Ghislaine Maxwell case and give you full-on recaps each and every single day. I want to appreciate, uh, I want to show some appreciation and thank everybody who's purchased some Jumpstart Coffee already. Um, they've been flying off the shelves. They are great. Listen, they make a great gift idea. Uh, you know, with the savings, it comes out to around 10 bucks a bag. So you can get a couple of bags for your secret Santa at work. Uh, I know a lot of small business owners are buying this for their staff. It's a great staff gift. It's coffee. It'll keep them energized. They'll show up ready to go at work. They're enjoying a wonderful cup of coffee. It tastes better than the gas station coffee near your job. I assure you of that. Uh, it tastes better than the gourmet coffee place near your job. Um, so a lot of people are taking advantage of the 15% off right now with uh, Jumpstart Coffee Company. Keep that rolling. Don't forget to purchase with the link in the description below and use that promo code AOA15. Um, so back to uh, Carolyn's testimony and the cross-examination. 
Of course, as I said, they were trying to discredit her, which is, God, that's a tough thing to do. 14 years old. Obviously, this young lady's had a tough, tough life. Um, you know, uh, Maxwell called her multiple times to arrange massages over the years. Uh, Carolyn said that uh, during each of those encounters, uh, he had touched her, touched himself. Uh, Jerry Bakula cited uh, court depositions. Uh, FBI reports created more than a decade ago, suggesting that Carolyn had given inconsistent accounts of her experiences. We saw this with Jane. They were going back to notes, 302 notes. Now, a 302 note, when a witness is talking to an FBI agent, uh, they take a lot of that information down in what they call a 302 report. Um, steady, quick, fast information. It's not, you know, I mean, sometimes there's these things are taken in an office, sometimes on location. You know, obviously a lot of things can happen. Notes are written wrong. Notes are taken quickly. You know, you might say one thing. It's taken. You get the gist of it written down. What the defense is trying to do is show like, hey, this isn't what you said prior. When, you know, it's not necessarily testimony, you know, um, but it's what the defense has to go on and they're using it to the best that they possibly can. Uh, so during the uh, testimony, Carolyn said that she had met Miss Maxwell uh, during her first visit to Epstein's home and described her as an older woman with shoulder length black hair and an accent. Uh, the FBI reporter highlighted by Miss, the FBI report highlighted by Mr. Plagukulula said that Carolyn had described meeting an older woman with short black hair and an unknown accent at Mr. Epstein's home. Uh, the defense questioned whether or not the phrase unknown, why the phrase unknown accent appeared in the report, asking her at any point in your life, did you know what a British accent was? Carolyn maintained that she had not used the word unknown while speaking with FBI agents. So again, smart move from Carolyn you know, don't argue with what's on the paper. Just say what's on the paper is incorrect. It's not like it was testimony given in a court where there is, you know, a stenographer there writing it all down. But the defense is trying to position it and treat it like it is and act like it's a hole in their story. Hopefully the jury's not falling for that. Isn't it true, he asked, you got Epstein's number from the phone book. At another point, he asked about how massage sessions had been arranged. During the testimony, Carolyn said Miss Maxwell had often called her to arrange those visits. Uh, Paglukia suggested that Carolyn looked up Mr. Epstein's number and had placed calls to his residence. The telephone book you're talking about, Carolyn testified, was my personal book. Uh, Mr. Paglukia also asked about a document summarizing an interview in which Carolyn was asked whether she had ever had intercourse with Jeffrey Epstein and had replied no. Before he could finish asking his question, Carolyn interrupted him and said, and I quote, I replied no because I was not a willing participant. He had intercourse with me. I stopped it. During her direct testimony, Carolyn said she lived in fear for children being kidnapped or trafficked. The defense asked whether or not her fear of losing her child stemmed from the fact that she had previously lost custody of them because she had abused substances. Caroline denied this was true. The defense told the judge he had no further questions. Prosecutors then asked her a few more questions in rebuttal. She began crying on the stand, saying that she was only a young teenager when she met Mr. Epstein, and she had appeared to testify because that, uh, that's because what Maxwell had done was wrong. 
So it was a uh, tough scene, especially towards the end there. And much like when we talked about with uh, Kate's testimony, not Jane, Kate the second, you know, you're dealing with a person who has a, uh, a substance abuse issue. Um, and uh, any, you know, it's not a proud thing for anybody to be going through. And any, any person going through that, their character is going to be called into question. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, as we go through time and we learn more about drug and alcohol abuse and uh, how it can, you know, how many, you know, even clinical definitions of it are considered to be a disease. Um, you know, people are still, I believe, of the mindset that it is a character flaw. And if you're, uh, if you're of the, the type of person that would abuse drugs or alcohol, then you are of, uh, you know, not worthy character. And therefore you would, uh, you're more likely to lie. Um, I know this is the case because that's the defense. That's what the defense is trying. You know, I know this is how a lot of people still think because this is the course of action that they're taking with the hopes of somebody on the jury will buy this. Somebody on the jury will see that these drug addicts were just out for money and they're now out for more money and they've taken this settlement money from the victim's fund uh, previously and they're abusing drugs and alcohol and you know they're probably lying about this. That's the defense's card that they're playing. Again, it's not what I'm saying. Don't at me in the comments, you know. Uh, I'm just saying that this is uh, the thought process of a lot of people, and they're hoping that it's the thought process of somebody on the jury as well. Um, we did have a, it, we didn't technically have a disqualified witness. So what was going to happen today, along with Carolyn's testimony, was uh, Jane, who was the first witness, kind of the star witness of the prosecution, her brother was set to testify today. Um, her brother was going to be called to the stand to basically corroborate a lot of what Jane had said during her testimony. Um, so what had happened was Jane, after her testimony last week, and by the way, you can see our full recap on day one and two and three again uh all on our uh, you know i'll tell you what if you're listening or you're watching on facebook really the best place to go is our youtube channel you can get links from anthonyonair.com because there we've we're able to put all of our recaps into a playlist so you'll be able to see all of them together one right after the other they'll all be there in one place i mean i guess the same is true if you're listening on the podcast as well you just keep going down our feed Facebook, it's a little not as organized and neat. But again, if you want to go back to Jane's testimony day, YouTube, we got a playlist for you. Um, you know what? We'll put a link in our, our or we'll put a link in this the episode's description for that so everybody can see it. But anyway, Jane finishes her testimony. Um, she leaves the court, gets off the witness stand, leaves the court, calls up her brother, complains about how she was treated during cross-examination. Because he was also set to schedule, he was scheduled to testify today. And witnesses in a trial are typically told not to consult one another. Ghislaine's defense suggested that Jane's brother should be barred from taking the stand. Laura Menninger was the one who objected. She said the defense had only just learned of the call from the government. In the call, Jane discussed some of her testimony and used an expletive 
Uh, I know it's expletive, by the way, but Bono says expletive and it's been a habit of mine to say it the way Bono says it for years. So again, don't at me in the comments. Expletive is just a fun way to say it. Um, she used an expletive to describe Miss Menninger who had vigorously cross-examined her. Uh, the government had told the defense. Uh, she said, I'm very troubled and disturbed. Testifying in court can be stressful and even wrenching. But Miss Menninger made it clear that what prompted the complaint was Jane's brother, better known as Brian, was also expected to testify as a government witness in the trial. Menninger asked Judge Allison Nathan to forbid the government from calling him as a witness or at least hold a hearing outside of the jury's presence and question him as to exactly what happened during the call. Judges can direct witnesses not to communicate with other witnesses who have yet to testify in a trial. The goal is to keep future witnesses from learning about what was said earlier and tailoring their testimony to conform with what someone said. It makes sense. I mean, I, you know, again, fair is fair. I hate to be on Ghislaine Maxwell's team's side at all for anything. Um, but what Jane did was wrong. She shouldn't have done this. I mean, it's understandable. She was upset. I get it. But again, you got to keep your eye on the prize here. You got to keep your eye on the ball. Jane's been through a ton of tough shit. She could have held on one more day. You know what I'm saying? A couple more days. So her brother could have gone on there, made her testimony even stronger, put us one step closer from putting this person behind bars where she belongs. Um, allegedly. Don't at me, Ghislaine Maxwell people. Don't sue me. Um, anyway, what? Well, they went back and forth a bunch of times throughout the course of the day. And ultimately what wound up happening is the prosecution decided, you know what, we're not, again, th this was an argument ahead of the time and Carolyn came on and testified and then they went through the course of the rest of their day, lunch, cross-examination, everything else. Finally, the government came back and they decided not to call Brian as a witness, uh, but they did add that they uh, did not believe any rule or court order had been violated. It's an interesting move because they said that they weren't going to call him. I wonder if they will try and call him later on. I wonder if they will, uh, you know, attempt to get him back on the stand. They must be thinking, is his testimony really all that worth it? You know, it is just a corroboration of what Jane had said. Uh, I'm sure right now they're sitting there talking about whether or not the jury views this as a plus uh, with the fact that, He's only going to help their case and look at how hard the prosecution, the defense was fighting to have him not be called. Um, so uh, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting uh, angle for it as well. Um, finally, let's go back to the uh, missing hard drives. This was the bombshell from yesterday's episode. I, I still can't believe the course of events that led us to where we are today. Uh, with the FBI testimony, Kelly McGuire saying, um, you know, basically that uh, they found these hard drives and, um, you know, they didn't have a warrant to go through the hard drives. So they left to go get a warrant, didn't leave anybody behind to protect that, that, uh, that evidence. They came back, evidence was gone. They called the Epstein's lawyer. He then, in minutes, brought the evidence over to uh, the FBI office. I can't believe it. Also found, and this is the shot that I will show you, uh, in there was uh, under the bookshelf uh, on the first floor office was 
um, a bunch of hard drives with evidence tape already on them. Uh, as you can see from the shot right there, there's that yellow evidence tape. There's uh, photo uh, photocopies of the uh, hard drives that are inside those boxes. Uh, so there you go. You got to look at what um, the FBI found uh, while raiding Jeffrey Epstein's home back in 2019. It is kind of shocking to see it. It is kind of shocking to see. I mean, obviously, this is newsworthy. We talked about this yesterday. There's the shot. Uh, it's crazy to see how this guy got his hands on evidence, you know, clearly evidence from somewhere wound up back in this guy's possession and was just sitting in a bookshelf on the first floor of this uh, huge New York mansion with over 40 rooms in it where other drives were found in a safe that was sawed open by the FBI and then left behind for his lawyer to go and scoop up and then bring back a short while later. Unbelievable to me. Uh, conspiracy theories abound. A lot of people speculating that obviously the government is involved and so on and so forth. And, you know, people drawing those conclusions that Comey was the leader of the FBI and now his daughter is on the prosecution and that they're all out there to just protect people like Jeffrey Epstein. But maybe the case, uh, you know, I, certainly it doesn't make sense. I can't make any sense of any of this um, other than the fact that I just hope that that's not the case. You know, you hope that the authorities are there to protect us, not these people. Um, and I do believe that. And you can call me naive. Um, but do I believe that there were perhaps some bad apples amongst uh, the, uh, the ranks, the government, the FBI, CIA, whatever you want to call it, you have a hard time you have a hard time thinking that that's not true because clearly somebody was out protecting this guy when you look at everything else that happened the mystery around his death the sweetheart deal from Acosta you know so on and so forth all down the line i mean it just doesn't add up with Epstein and this revelation and this this document dump this release of information from the courts of these photographs um, again, we'll, we'll link more of them in the description. It's just unbelievable. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. And it's, it leaves you completely, completely speechless. Um, that's day seven of the wrap up here. Don't forget to grab some Anthony on air merch at shop, Anthony on air.com shop, Anthony on air.com. Appreciate everybody who, appreciates our coverage i got a lot of people saying thank you for what you do well i appreciate that but you can help you can share our videos and our podcasts on social media that's the easiest thing to do to be honest with you it's the very least you could do um people complain about nobody's talking about this and this isn't out there that power lies within you my friend you're the one who can hit the share button whether you're watching on youtube or facebook whether you're listening on apple podcast or spotify there's an opportunity to hit a share button wherever you're consuming our content from and uh, share it amongst your friends. If you'd like to go a step further and grab some merch to help us continue to put on these podcasts, that's certainly appreciated. ShopAnthonyOnAir.com will be the place for that. Link in the description. And of course, if you want to support our pals at Jumpstart Coffee Company and the Navy SEALs of this great country, uh, grab some Jumpstart Coffee Company. Again, link in the description of this episode or click the banner on the homepage of anthonyonair.com. Great coffee, great cause. 50% of the profits goes to the Navy SEAL Foundation. 
you save 15% with our promo code AOA15. And of course, it helps us uh, produce these podcasts each and every single day. Day eight and a full episode. We'll be talking about Ghislaine up at the top of the podcast. And then we're going to go through the rest of our uh, normally scheduled podcast, The Day's News. We'll have some fun. We'll goof around a little bit towards the end, as we always do. Uh, that is coming up on the very next episode. Thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. Catch you next time.